What's happening in the canine industry? For all the latest news, views and expert opinions, stay right here for the canine paradigm. You'll hear from industry leaders, experts, doyens of the industry, learned colleagues, movers and shakers, and the odd Randy guest. Get the latest insights and expert advice from both here and abroad from the people in the know. Now, here are your hosts, Glenn Cook and Pat Stewart. And I'm Lofty Fulton, and I'm out of here. Welcome back to the Canine Paradigm. I'm your host, Pat Stewart. I'm joined today in studio by my co-host, Glenn Cook. And it's actually just us for the first time in ages. It is. And you're not feeling the best today. Oh, I'm sick as. Mm. What can you do? All that preparation for the trial that we've just had. Yeah. Mm. Well, what happened, as we're just saying, is we're going to talk about the trial and stuff that we just had, but I've been fighting this cold for a while. And on the Sunday, as soon as I was finished, I could just feel like I'd it was like <laughs> my immune system just gave up. It was like, we've been holding it off as long as we can. And within an hour of me finishing the trial, I was sick as. But it's a lot of stress and preparation to yeah. get organized, especially on you, because even though it's a great thing, don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about this as a negative, but you know, you've got to pick up Sean and take care of him while he's out here and then get everyone ready and mm-hmm. prep the trial and so there's a lot of pressure on you at that point of time. So that takes a hit to your immune system already. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So it was good. Big trial. We just wrapped it up over two days. It was great, wasn't it? It was good. It was an awesome time. I had a yeah. great time. Mm. We've been speaking about it for quite some time. We've had Sean and Janet on the show and then we had Sean and Brent. Well, they were in studio mm-hmm. at the time. So we've had a bit of a chat about it. And we've appealed to quite a few people about PSA because it's a passionate sport that we're starting yep. up and- you know, you went over to the States. We've talked about this in earlier podcasts. You went and learned about PSA directly from Boot Camp Central itself over there with mm-hmm. uh, Tar Heel Canine and yep. all the guys over there. And oh, you were in Texas at the time, weren't you? What the first time I went over, went to the Nationals um, yep. in, I think it was 2016, and watched the just, I trained with both the clubs in Dallas. Yep prior to nationals and then met sort of all the big competitors and sort of key players of the game at nationals. Yep. And then when I went and did my decoy cert, that was at Tar Heel. So I, I was only at Tar Heel for like two days yep. plus the decoy cert, but met sort of all the key people while I was there. Which is awesome because it uh, gave you great access to all the contacts and you did that on your own back. You used your own money and your own expenses and own t- business time to go over there and get your decoy cert and get it all up and started and learn directly from the key people as you or the stakeholders over there what it's all about who does what and how it all falls into place yeah and you know that i guess to get it all going we sort of had to oh i've only just noticed you've put the the plaques you won on the on the wall that are behind you now yeah i'm going to take a photo of that while we're talking and so that i can put it on facebook so what <laughs> happened so let's talk about the trial because we both passed we, we both, both passed it was a it was a successful event for Several of us, which was absolutely fantastic and a good learning experience for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, last year I got my PDC, but my PSA one attempt wasn't good because Randy wouldn't out, mm-hmm. which was, I was kind of, I wasn't kind of, I was devastated about it at the time, <laughs> as you are when you <laughs> go into of. trial. I'm not going to lie about it. I was devastated at the time because I, I thought he was in with a good chance. He yep. did really well on his PDC. Yeah. And when we got into the actual trial, the PSA one, 
I thought, you know, we're in for a good chance. He was responsive in listening to me and, yeah, he just he got too excited and just wouldn't let go. And, you know, I walked away from it feeling a little deflated and a bit a bit saddened by what happened. But at the same time, I learned that I kind of reflected a little bit at the point in time and I have done since where whatever the dog's not doing well is translation between you and the dog mm-hmm. or between training and the dog. There's something that the dog is not understanding clearly about it at the time or clearly enough so you know i use that time and i want look i'm not going to lie i'm a a bit of a lazy trainer sometimes i don't put in as much work as what's doing i kind of cram it when i know i've got a trial i sort of Mm -hmm. um, i spend like the last six to five weeks on bumping everything through then and especially in the last two weeks i'm really diving into it from there where a lot of really good trial preppers are working on it on a regular basis. Like they're, and I know you do this with Remy, you maintain a good standard with him all the time because you're he's a young dog, he needs mm-hmm. that communication from you. And in between your busy schedule, raising your kid and everything else you're doing, you get out in the garage, you take him for walks, you take him for, to different locations. I'm a little bit, well, not a little bit, I'm a fair bit lazier than that where I don't <laughs> do a lot of that work, which is... Not good because it's something that um, it's it doesn't give the dog access to the right type of communication. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're going into something like a trial, when you're feeling all the stress and the pressure and you're feeling under the pump, at that point in time, the dog really needs to have a solid foundation behind the dog. So mm-hmm. I would advocate that you do spend more of that time and that you do dedicate or give the dog a better window of knowledge or access to knowledge so the dog can prepare better for the trial itself. Yeah. I guess the thing for us still learning the sport very much is that as a trial approaches, you sort of realize that's when you start looking really deeply at what it involves. And then you go, oh shit, I haven't taught haven't that done yet. any of that. Haven't taught that yet. Mm-hmm. Like I've been focusing on this other thing and now I've got to like really zero in on this specific thing that is a part of the test. Mm. Whereas I think people who have been through it a lot or in clubs that trial a lot and we're getting better now, this is our second trial. We we were just discussing that we're going to have a meeting with the club and just change the way we train in a few different ways, Mm. change where we train a little bit, how we train a little bit just to better prepare for, for next time. Yeah. And it's, that's what it is. It's basically building that foundation of knowledge between you, the club members, the dogs, and it's beneficial for everybody. Everybody gets better access from it. And in the end, it's a win-win situation for whoever applies those techniques and strategies with their dogs. Yeah. So as a club, we did pretty good. We did. Yeah. Yeah, so, we did. So on the Saturday, you got your level one. Well, let's start with the PDCs. Yeah, PDCs. PDCs. So you got PDC with Remco. Yeah. So that so the PDC for everyone listening is uh, the entry level test is a protection dog certificate. It's kind of like the BH for PSA, only it does involve bite work. So it's a there's an obedience portion that is done on a clean field. So there's no there's no distractions on the field or anything like that. It's um, just a figure eight healing pattern, gunshots in the healing pattern, a down on the move and a recall. That's really, it's quite basic, pretty simple. Mm. It doesn't require a focused heel. It's really, you would pass with a loose leash walk. Yep. Um, so long as your dog stays with you, doesn't get any tension on the leash. And it's designed as just a very much an entry level test. And then the, the, there's three bite scenarios and the pressure on the dog is not extreme it's um there's a drive but no hits with the stick and the handler attack happens from behind the courage test is a walking decoy uh, so it's not too over the top so yeah we we passed that uh, and we were prepped for that 
see what was happening was earlier in the year with some other clubs that were around, there was meant to be a trial earlier in the year that we were going to do a PDC at, and then a trial much later in the year that we were aiming for a level one. Mm. And then only a couple of months ago, the, tr- the earlier trial didn't go ahead. And so we just consolidated to this one trial mid-year. So I was not ready for a one. I was very ready for a PDC, but not quite ready for a one. And so I was a little bit the same, even though I've got a really – him breaking two teeth set me back a little well, bit. Well, I was just about to say without making excuses, which a lot of people tend to talk about when they get nervous or when things don't go their way, they start saying, oh, this happened and, you know, the moon wasn't full and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that we tend to do as superstitions. But the reality is, is Remco's a young dog. Very young, He's yeah. only really just started to develop in his bite work. Yeah. Which has just come along in the last couple of months, primarily because he smashed teeth. Yeah. So he broke a significant portion off his canine as we did a podcast on. Yeah. You showed the pictures, you know, like he did a fair bit of damage to yeah, his- Yeah, broke a canine and smashed a molar. Mm. So that set him back considerably. Um, yeah. Probably a good- well, and it was to two months. Well, three months. So it was three, three months, months yeah. of no bite work, and it was right at a time when we really needed to be doing it because mm. um, he was just it, just as he become a year old and was ready to start taking it more seriously. So anyway, so we were ready for a PDC, no problem. But we were I didn't think ready for a one. So on the Saturday we did the PDC, and Georgie, who's not a member of the club, but if she ever moves to Sydney, is very welcome to join. She did a great job with her she little- She did an amazing job. Yeah, with a little dog that- She's going to be one to beat in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mm. she beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, no, congratulations. Georgie did an amazing dog. Um, and she's only had that dog a short while. I saw her a few months ago when she first got it. Mm. And it you know had no obedience because she'd literally just got the dog. Yeah. And she did a great job. Really excellent job. Really nice, flashy obedience. Mm. But she put in the hard work. She came up here and spent the time. You know, the dog had, had never bit a suit until- when was that? Like it was only six weeks ago or something. That yeah, the dog pretty had, much. Had yeah. never bit a suit. And so- I think she's only had the dog for four months or something. Yeah, something like she? that. Yeah. yeah. So, and it had only done a couple of suit sessions with me. And then in the week prior, a couple with Sean and another few with me and then straight into it. And we'd only just developed the bite work, mm. let alone put it into a lot of different contexts and stuff like that, which we hadn't done at all. So she did a great job and the dog, the dog did very well. The dog's quite sharp. It's a very, she's a, very a spicy nice little, little dog, dog isn't she? Mm. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> so I'm going to start calling it now. Spicy. She's Evie. a, she's a dark horse, Georgie. Yeah. She yeah, is. She really is. She's so. a very talented trainer. Very talented. And I believe that uh, she did extremely well when she did the uh, silver course with Bart. Yeah. Yeah. She, she got, I think, 100. Almost 100% or, or 100% or something. I think she the, got 100% and she was one of the, the only theory, people yeah. in the world to get such a high score. Yeah, she did She did very, very well. And then at the goal school, she did very, very she's well as well. Yeah. But she's very good with the dog. She can read a dog and she she knows exactly how much pressure she can put on without mm. putting the dog into into submission. Because she's so quiet and reserved, you, you wouldn't pick her for being such a, like she's not a overt sort of character. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pick her for being somebody who's that good with dogs. Yeah. I'm not saying it as a tone of disrespect or anything like that. I'm actually complimenting Georgie on yeah. that she's a quiet achiever in, in a lot of ways. The dark horse. The dark horse. Very impressive. Yeah. Mm. No, she, she did a great job. So we both got our PDCs on Saturday. Yep. And then you and Randy got yours. And PS, P, no, we, no, PSA 1. PSA 1. So, so yeah. you did PDC last year, as we discussed, and yep. Jay Quinn came down from Queensland again to do it, which yep. she did last year as well. So she already had a PDC for her dog Saito. Yep. And you guys both got your level one. Yes. So tell us about that. That was probably very stressful time. Uh, <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to lie to you. 
because of what happened last year and just I don't go into trials well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so hang on, let me just explain what the level one is because we, we explained the PDC. So yep. level one is a, a lot more healing. Focused healing, distractions on field. It's got to be a focused healing. The entire field is covered in distractions, i.e. Yep. Balls, balls, tugs, everything sleeves, that everything the dog would play of. with or use in training. There's a decoy who sits on the field Yep. and there's a portion of that where you heal the decoy. You heal the dog past the decoy numerous times, but there's one where you down him in front of it and he throws a bite sleeve in front of the dog and a significant loud distraction. In this case, it was a can curtain yep. behind the dog. Then there's there's three gunshots in the healing. Mm. Then there's a long down portion that has two gunshots in the long down. There's food in front of the dog during the long down. And then you move on to the bite work, which has the same three scenarios as the PDC, only with a lot more pressure. So the courage test is a sprint at the dog. The handler attack happens front on. Carjacking, there's gunfire in the carjacking, and then there's one of five surprise scenarios. So Mm. you know what those five are, but you don't know which one it's going to be until the day of the trial. And so, and all those five surprise scenarios are almost a watered down version of a scenario from the level two. So Mm. if you're prepping or if you can do all those surprise scenarios, you're on your way to prepping for a level two, like it's components thereof. Well, that's the nice thing about PSA in general is, from the PDC onwards, and it's the same with IPO, it's leading you up to the higher level. Yeah. So it's grounding you, you're starting with the basics, then it's getting a little harder and a little harder and then obviously a lot harder yeah. as it progresses through the level three itself. But it's a nice progression because everything is is stacking on. So it yeah. starts the foundation, then adds the yeah, It's very well blocks. thought out in that it way. Is. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't point out in the level one, the first figure eight in the obedience is done in a muzzle, which is tricky in and of itself. So, yeah, you were doing your PSA 1. Yeah, I started – so I did my PSA 1 and I just kept having visions of what happened last year that he wouldn't let go. I mean, Randy's an amazing dog. I really love him. I can't say enough good things about him. But when he tends to get excited, he gets a bit of hearing loss. But, again, that's that's mainly through translation in training and more my fault than it is his. So this year we actually worked a lot. Uh, You and I did a lot of work with him on cleaning up his outs. I think before you go on, I think last year what happened with him not outing was that we hadn't put that much pressure on him. With the gunshots and everything. Yeah, with the gunshots. And so the level one pressure is a lot. Yeah. And it sort of puts it, his works in praise, a happy dog, but it put him in defense a little bit and Mm. he thought, hey, this feels feels real. Too good. Yeah, I'm not letting go. Yeah. And so- we had to address that in training this year. He actually did. He did let go, but he re-engaged. Right. Okay. So um, in in last year's trial, he let go, but when he let go, he came back in, and and mm-hmm. once he came back in, I knew it was over because yeah. I thought that's it. He's yeah. now he's on. He won't come off. Yeah. And, uh, and he used all three commands. You can only use yeah. So you get three attempts. Yeah. So the the judge last year was Janet Edwards. Yeah. Which Sean's is wife. which is Sean's wife. So Janet last year she was on the bonnet of the car, and I could hear her saying, "Handler out your dog." And I said it and he came off and then she's looked, she went to walk away and then she came back and go, oh, he's on again. And then she said, handler out your dog, handler out your dog. And she said, all right, that's it. Yeah. And then she asked me if I'd like to continue. And I said, no, I don't want to yeah. um, continue to reward him after a, mm-hmm. a bad event. So I gracefully declined and pulled out. And uh, yeah, I was devastated. Yeah. Like I said, I was pretty worked up with it because I thought, I mean, with a chance, he was doing everything nicely. His obedience was quite good. Mm-hmm. And especially like that was our maiden PSA. Yeah, I can't uh, remember what trial. score you got in the the, but you did really nice in the obedience as well. I can't. Uh, he got was. about eighty one or something like that. Ah, okay, eighty one out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did better this year. He, yeah. uh, even though he broke the long 
drop right on the second gunshot. He got 83.5, so right. he actually did better this year in his obedience. And he was more focused this year. He mm. was kind of peppy. A couple of things he, he didn't. He wasn't listening with the the drops. He was a bit stubborn with those types. That's of things. right. I think he gave a second command away. Yeah. Point. So I lost points. Um, I lost quite a lot of points on that and the long down. So I zeroed on that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did. He did quite well. What I was really happy with was in the bite work stage that his scores were actually very good this time round. Yeah. So he got high and highest distinctions in bite work, which was perfect. Which was fantastic. And look, to be honest, I was holding my breath through that whole stage. <laughs> the uh, the car side of it was once he did the car and when Sean said, handler out your dog and I gave him the command, he shot out of it like a cannon. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, he, he engaged really nicely. He was nice and intense in the fight. Then when he said out your dog and I said leave, he more out, he just went bang and he came straight out. And I just, it was like my heart just booted up again. Yeah. Because everything stopped, you know. I just, I was just staring at him the whole time, thinking, "What are you going to do?" And yeah, he punched straight out of it. And as soon as I went to move out of the car, like he jumped into my arms, you know, like it was, yeah. he was excited, I was excited. Yeah. And you know, then you've got your next scenario, which is you know, healing into the blind. So you've got a heal with a right hand turn. Decoy comes out behind blind with can curtains and streamers and everything like that, and they uh, they they do an attack on you. You send the dog in, then you've got to out the dog there, walk up to the dog, collect the dog, heal the dog off. Yeah. Well, you can elect to either out yes. and guard, and you can heal the dog away, or you can recall the dog. And you elected to out and uh, guard. Out, out and guard, and then yeah, heal up, and then they'll say pick up your lead, and then uh, heal heal away with the dog. So did that one. He was. Not beautiful on that one, engaged really well, outed really nicely. Second one, which was the courage uh, test, the courage test where the decoy is right down the end of the field. You've got as soon as the decoy activates, you've got to send your dog straight away, like you're judged from the minute the decoy starts engaging, how fast the dog engages, how well the dog takes the bite, how well he hangs on, or he or she hangs on in the actual drive. And they've also got to ignore a bag being thrown at the same time. Yep. So the de- as the decoy is running up, they'll throw a bag, not at the dog, but across the vision of the dog. Mm-hmm. The dogs are going to completely ignore that, engage the decoy. So, yeah, he did that really nicely, went in quite quick, took the bite well, held, like engaged nice and deep. He outed and then he took a little dirty nip at uh, Scotty's leg. And That was me. It was you? Yeah, I did the – I was the – Courage test. Oh, right. No, Scotty was in the first one. Yeah, you yeah. did the courage test. So he took a yeah took a dirty nip on you. Mm. And um, then, uh, so I lost a few points on that. But overall, it was quite good. I healed him away. And then the last scenario was the surprise scenario where you've got two decoys sitting in chairs. You've got to drop the dog and go and hide behind a, or be out of sight of the dog. So the dog's got to be independently in a drop stay on the field. You're away from the dog. There's two decoys lightly arguing so they're you know just making conversation with loud words you've got to then come around from your hiding position you've got to approach the decoys ask one to leave the field and then the second one walks over and attacks you and off that one you don't get the option to do a hold and guard it's uh, out and recall Mm -hmm. and that everything was hinging on that that was the last moment so everything was hinging on that i'm thinking please just just do it you know, and I've just gone out, heel, and he just he just bolted. He came straight at me and flew around and, and sat by my side, and it was like just pure relief. I almost felt sick, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was just pure relief, and he, he really did me proud. I was very happy with him. 
I couldn't have asked. I, look, I could have asked for a better performance, but not from not from the dog, from me. Mm-hmm. I think that there were a few stages where I let Randy down in, like I said, in that early communication in some of that work. But overall, we work well as a team. And even further on, one of the great things is that we've got such a good supportive club in Iron Fist. For a club of people who really only just got PSA going and the camaraderie and the dedication that we all have together, and certainly being driven by you, you've pushed this quite a lot. PSA was something that, like I've said in comments online, PSA was floundering in Australia. It was around before you started it. Mm -hmm. It was around, but it never really took roots. It was just there in the background. You really went over, invested time, brought it back, and you know you've been very dedicated and serious about it. You know, like you give a good rocket up people when they need it, and which is why we actually named the club Iron Fist mm-hmm. was to say to people, you know, it needs an Iron Fist to get going. It needs drive and dedication. So big thanks to you, mate, because um, you've certainly taken a lot of hits on this. You've been well, the main person who's been behind Randy's success. So a lot of appreciation from from me to you for, for your pleasure. help. Yeah. My pleasure. So then Jay Quinn was down here. She got a level one with her dog, Saito. Mm. She did really well in that as well. Especially for such a sharp dog. He's he's a pretty intense Well, he's legit. Dog. Like she he's works the streets with him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's had light bites. Like Yeah, he's a legit dog for sure. He's legit. And mm. so she did really well with him. Mm. My arm's still killing me because he's a right arm dog and I don't get to don't catch. Work your, no, yeah. I don't catch right arm dogs really ever. Mm. So my arm's still killing. Yeah. I have no conditioning for it. And he's intense. Like he's- Yeah, he's, he's legit. He's serious about what he's doing. So- Yeah. To be honest, he was doing so well with a few things, especially, you know, his his obedience and focus at, at some of the prep work and the mock trial mm-hmm. was very sharp. And I thought it's going to be tough to um, yeah. push past him. And so, unfortunately, uh, Beck Furman had a crack at the PDC and didn't quite get through. And um, Nev had a crack at his level one because he did the same last year, did his PDC last year, mm. and um, just come unstuck in the bite work a little bit. Some stuff that we just need to work on better as a club, we just need to just address a couple of little issues in the way we train and the, the dog will do great next time for sure. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely a big part of the way you're communicating with the dog, not only individually, but in certain scenarios as well. And this is the importance. This is something we teach in the NDTF quite regularly is the difference between teaching your dog a behavior, training the behavior, and then proofing the, the behavior in different environments. And I think when I look back at it, there are many times where I think we probably didn't proof it as well in a lot of different environments. Mm-hmm. Part of the struggle too, and I'm not going to make this as an excuse for anyone, but we did actually have a lot of females in season during that time. So we actually mm. had three females in season training on the same field that we're doing the trial on yeah. who were in full season running around <coughs> the same field. Unfortunately for them, they were going to attempt the PDC and had to pull out. Because yeah, so they- that's worth talking about as well. So mm-hmm. Mel and Horny Dom from the club both yep. had bitches in season. And both, I know, were both really upset and devastated that, you know, they just, the dogs weren't, oh, Mel had a crack at mock trialing, but they just, heads weren't in the game. That's what happens, you know, especially they're, they're breeding dogs. So, yeah, they're hormonal and. Exactly. So they'll try again next year or the next trial or whatever. So it's, it, they both had prepped really well and had put in heaps and heaps of work. And I know Mel was stressing about how much work she'd put in trying to get her dogs ready. Mm. And it, it just was bad timing, I guess. What can you do? But it was right? good prep for her and good for her to learn about how to deal with trial nerves and everything yeah, as well. Exactly. So, yeah. And it, it is, it's devastating. There's no two ways about it. Like I said, this year was my year. Last year wasn't. Mm-hmm. I know how that feels. I know when you're. You've got it in your head that you're going to do a certain degree of or experience a certain degree of success and it doesn't go your way on the day. You kind of walk away thinking, shit, you know, that was 
yeah terrible and you feel deflated and sad and you know there's a lot of emotions that go into it because I don't want to say it's an egotistical thing but it's certainly a pride thing it's something that you have a a passion and a love for and you know when it doesn't work out it's yeah but as I said to her and to Dom as well and you know anyone that is listening I think that the thing with all these the sports is that the, the fun is in trying to get there. Get, getting it is awesome. Getting the title is great and mm. working toward, but working towards it is why we come every week. If you could just get the title, you would, right? Yep. But you, the point is you, you just keep working and working and working. She can get it this year or this trial, but she'll get it the next one and keep tr- working towards it. And, yeah. And don't disregard that camaraderie as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, the relationships that we build together as a club and how we learn together and, and help each other. Yeah. And that's one of the awards on the day after everything is said and done is High Strain in Trial Club, something yeah. like that, or I can't remember the actual title now. But it's highest uh, – It basically the award is in recognition of the club that came together to achieve the award. And, that, and that's what it is. You cannot be successful in IPO, in Mondio – in PSA or any other sports, agility, whatever you want to do, because it's not it's not just you and the dog, it's you and your tribe, basically, you yeah, and yeah. your you and your club that are all in it together and we're all wishing and hoping success for each other. Even the other people that come from other states or clubs or anything like that, you're still hoping that they do well because it speaks volumes of the actual sport. It talks about the the love and dedication that everyone really has at the end of the day, stress aside and everything. Yeah. Well, I was joking about it before and I was doing it all day Saturday as well with Georgie that she beat me in the PDC, but I was stoked for her. Yeah, I was of course super you were. happy. Yeah, I know you were. Like it, I would love to say that I got a higher score, but I didn't. And she did She did a great job. I'm super And behind happy the scenes, it. you were uh, advocating that quite clearly. You were saying, you know, what a, how good it was that she'd only had the dog for such a short time and- how well she does and how proud you were of her and so yeah. forth. So that's, you know, that and that's awesome to see is that there is that high level of respect and love for each other that yeah. comes and, out. And it's a team effort. There's there's mm. a little bit of humorous hubris in it as well because, like, I did all the bite work for the dog, you know what yep. I mean? So, like, I was really happy that it went really well because that's part of my training as well. Of course. It felt, felt great. Yeah. But, yeah, so then – so that was Saturday and then on Sunday – the rules are it, it counts as another trial the next day. So you can have a crack at anything you didn't pass or you can go up to the next level if you did. The jump between the level two and the level one is pretty significant, right? So yep. in the level two, there's two decoys on the field really harassing you and the dog throughout your entire obedience routine. Yeah, they're running around with you and while you're trying to heal, they're jogging beside you and rattling sticks. And yep. Yeah. And there's a retrieve from with between those two decoys and there's obstacles, you know, a tunnel and jump and whatever while the decoys are right next to them. And so no no one was ready for that. We haven't prepped for that. We're really focused on getting through the one. Mm. Certainly I think Randy would be ready for parts, the components of it for sure, because we just the nature of the way we train prior to even deciding to do PSA, he's got pretty good decro neutrality. Yeah. It's just you don't have a retrieve yet and I'd, stuff. Like you just I, I wasn't prepared for it. So I a fair few people said to me, Are you gonna attempt the two? And I said, Look, I'm not gonna set the dog up to fail. Yeah. I said, like you said, there's there's elements that he would do very well. He doesn't care about decoys in training. He's quite happy to leave them alone and they can dive all over him. There's a video that we put up of you yeah. like shuttling over him with a can curtain and he's holding a drop stay mm. while there's you, Jazz and Scotty all running around in inside the the training shed. And he doesn't care less about any of that sort of stuff. But the reality is, I don't know it. The dog could probably take direction, but because I don't know it, he doesn't know it. Yeah, and it just wasn't prepped. It wasn't prepped. Yeah. And so Jay wasn't either. So um, no one attempted level two. So 
all we had was three of us attempting the level one. Mm. I attempted. Georgie decided to have a crack, which I talked her into. She hadn't prepped. She hadn't trained for it at all, and she did amazingly considering she did very well and Neville had another crack as well mm. so you know I think it's pretty well known you, you, it's unlikely you're ever going to do better on the second day and so I went into it thinking it was really just because we have one trial a year of course I'm going to give it a crack absolutely the, I think I, I put a post on Facebook saying I gave myself about two and a half percent chance of passing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, earlier I had I gave myself five percent and mm. then after our PDC because it's a, you know it goes the way it goes so a couple of times he checked out on me in the PDC and there's no there's no consequence for that you can't reward him you can't correct him can't do anything on the field you just have to take it yes accept it and yep. so the next day it's the same field set up very similar I, to expect him to do any better is probably foolish. Mm. So, but I thought I'm going to give it a crack because you also fail if you don't attempt. Yeah, that's right. Right. I guess it fails even the wrong word. You don't really fail these things. You just don't pass. And yep. you also don't pass if you don't turn up. So I decided to give it a go. And by some fluke, we managed to get through in the level one. He did pretty well in the obedience. His obedience actually was pretty good. He, But we trained with the floor being littered helped. Yeah. Because um, we train. And it pushed him in drive. Yeah. So mm. we train indirect reward all the time. Yep. Uh, everything that I've trained with him is indirect reward. So when he saw that field, he was like, oh, any one of these things is the thing you're going to send me to, to get. So mm-hmm. he was under the impression that he was going to be rewarded the whole time. Um, so he did pretty well. Uh, the long down was pretty funny. That I'd, was that was hysterical. And I, I, So what happens in the long down, dog goes in between three cones, put him in down, you walk away to the other end of the field. Two minutes, there's two gunshots in it. And, and um, food. And, and food, food in front just of in front dog. of the dog. Yep. And uh, – what had happened, he was totally neutral to gunfire a couple of weeks ago, but we hadn't done any gunfire in the bite work. And then we did that in the car for the first time and it really brought him up in defense. Because it's a, it's a defensive exercise, mm. right? It's it's full on for a young dog. And um, he then was like, okay, well, the gunfire now means bite work. And he was really getting excited by the gunfire, which is now something I'm going to have to work on for sure to bring him back to neutral. Mm. Which he was like two weeks ago, totally neutral to gunfire. It meant nothing to him. Um, so- the two gunshots, I thought for sure he's going to break. So I was rehearsing, 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 trying to get that down. But And at my house, when I was practicing in the garage, he, you know, as soon as I pull out the cap gun, he would just kick his hip over because he knows, oh, okay, you just want me Gotta to down through it. that. Yep. But on the field, it's a different picture. So he got up in the gunfire that I've, I didn't know any of this happening because I've got my back to him, but I'm watching <laughs> the crowd and they're all laughing at him. He was barking the whole way through. I knew he was doing that. He sat up and he shuffled to the very edge. Of, right to the edge. Right like, to the edge. Right to the, like there there was probably a bee's dick between him yeah. and the, yeah. but everyone knew that the big dick bee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he barked. So he sat up at the first gunshot and then knew, oh no, I'm meant to sit here. He barked right throughout to the second one. And then after the second one, he like collapsed back down. And so I could see the crowd laughing. Uh, and when I turned around to go get him, he was in the exact in same position, mm-hmm. like exact same position. But his leash was like a, where I, the way I'd put his leash out was totally different. So I had none of, no idea any of that happened. So someone <laughs> showed me the video. So we got like two points out of five. Yeah. Um, Cause he, he didn't leave the area, but he, he certainly didn't just hold it down. That's mm. for sure. But I was, I was actually very happy with that because I thought for sure he was going to break. And but there's a decoy on the field. And I thought when he hears that gunshot, he's going to charge that decoy. And I was just hoping I'd be able to recall him in time <laughs> yeah. and not get disqualified. But he held it. So I was really happy with that. And then, yeah, in the bite work, the, like we just hadn't, I hadn't prepped him fully for the pressure of the level one. And we'd got to like one notch below in our training, but hadn't really gotten all the way there. Mm. And I figured, well, he's got to do it. It may as well 
be on this trial. Like it's, we've got to go up that notch. So, and he did well. The only, the only, where we came undone and we only passed the courage test by half a point was he hasn't engaged anyone like really running at him and he just missed the timing and didn't open his mouth on time. That was all it was is that he's never, he just, you know, in the PDC, it's a walking decoy and in the uh, level one, it's a sprinting decoy, like mm. running at him and he just misgaged his launch and he hit with his mouth not quite fully open. Yeah, um, and, I, and I can attest to that because I've been at primarily all these bite sessions yeah. and uh, yeah, we've because of his tooth injury and because of a lot of setbacks that happened, He's just been easing into yeah. uh, young dog work yeah. in development. So, yeah. So, anyway. But he's been, like, he's, his blind hit was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, that sure. was really, really impressive. Yeah. Like, he came in like a cannonball on that one. That's running as well, mm. but it's short range, so yep. she didn't have time to get into a sprint and yeah. hit hard on that. Oh, he was perfect. on it before she even sort yeah. of got momentum going. He just yeah. went bang, and, yeah, that was yeah. that was really, really nice. Like, his airtime, the, the way he left the ground, yeah. um, the strike it itself. That was really good. So on the courage test, he missed, like he hit the, he hit the decoy and then fell back. Um, so that's half your points gone straight away for mm. not getting on. And then what happens is the decoy then turns and charges him and he went straight back in and took the bite, but that put him in a little bit of defense as well because it was, you know, he was getting charged mm. from, he was on the ground recovering from a fall and he jumped straight up into the bite. So he took the drive and he outed, but then he didn't want to leave the guard mm. and I had to use all three commands and if when I was prepping for the third one because he's guarding and I was like actually I, I, I don't know if you noticed I fully changed my tone I, I was did. like and I saw you actually paused for a second took a deep breath in yeah and I just saw you compose yourself and thinking but it was actually exactly what we've talked about in the podcast here before it was that I knew he knew what I wanted, but I had to communicate with him. Yep. And I, I changed my whole tone because like I, you know, have a tone for my commands and I used that twice and didn't work. And I just realized he would do it if he knew what I was asking. So I ended up, I asked his name like a question. It was actually sort of the J style of like, I'm disappointed in you. I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Remco, puss. And he's like, oh, okay, that's what you want. And he, he came back. So we passed that scenario by half a point because I used all three commands and he missed the, the strike. But we passed. And then the- A P is a pass. Yeah, exactly. And mm. then um, our surprise scenario was through the tunnel to a passive decoy, uh, which it, that scenario is sort of designed to catch people up that teach a bark and hold or transfer from IPO or whatever, but he doesn't know any of that shit. So <laughs> that didn't slow him down at mm. all. The only weird thing he did there was the drive. When we've trained similar things before, the drive has always been like away from the tunnel. And this time the drive was past the tunnel. And then when he outed, he'd like, it's like he thought the tunnel was a magic portal that got him back to me. So he took this bizarre route back around through the tunnel to get back to me, which is fine. It just cost me some points in the return. It wasn't as good as it could have been because he was like, he was literally two meters from me and he took a 20 meter route to get, yeah, to get back it was, to me. It was comedy. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, in his mind, he's like, this is the route. This is how I got here. I have to go back the same way. We just, well, it, you again, can't it was, say it's a stupid thing because I mean- in the dog's interpretation of it, that's the right thing to do. Well, it's it, it's a hole in the training. It's exactly yeah. how we – it's what we train him to do. So, you know, just, it didn't occur to us that in the training the decoy might – because the decoy has to drive towards a judge and it mm. didn't occur to us to practice where the judge would stand because this is trial stuff that we haven't mm. – you know, I can read the rules and see how it's going to go, but physically actually doing it is a different different kettle of fish. The, the good thing about all this, which we're talking about, is that – it shows you the holes and it also shows you the level of understanding in the, with the dog. Yeah. I mean, especially like in times of trial when it's a proofing phase and it counts, then you understand because in trial preparation, you're 
coddling the dog a little bit, yeah. which most people tend to do. They tend to favour the things they're doing really well and they work on those type of things. We all do it. We're all guilty of it. And then when you get to trial, there's there's no gloves on. You know, it's, it's pretty raw. And the decoy and the judge's job is not to stuff you up. But it's to test you to see yeah, if right. you to see if your dog knows what it actually can do yeah. through the training practices that you're supposed to spend that time preparing for. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I got the one. I would have liked to have a scorecard that had a nice high score on it, not passing by half a point. But, but he passed. Yeah, considering yeah. I was expecting not to pass and I was just doing it for practice, I'm really happy. And then that puts us, you know, 12 months ahead of where we'd intended to be or eight mm. months ahead of where we'd intended to be. We still have to do a lot of groundwork stuff and get better at things we pass doing before we really start trying to prep for level two. But it means that, you know, next year we can start trying to look at the level two stuff, which is pretty exciting. And you got that on the back of a PDC. So same weekend. Yeah. So you did the PDC and got through your PSA one. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, like I said, so it's you a know, legit title. Yeah. And, like I said, it's a big deal for us in Australia. It's a big deal for me. Uh, it's the first time I've ever actually competed in a dog sport. Um, mm. I've decoyed at it, but I've never actually been on the field as a competitor. You know, people are doing this every week, every weekend in the States, no big deal. And, in, you know, in other sports all over the place. But for us, it, it's a sport we're only just learning, we're only coming to understand. I think I understand it pretty well now. But yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm really happy with the dog. You should be. Put up a big poster, Sam. Thanks for that dog. Love mm. him probably keep him around <laughs> yeah, yeah and thanks to the whole you got club. a pretty special relationship with remy he's good uh he i, I like him he's a little knucklehead he's a he's a funny little dog and he's still just a really silly dog which is pretty funny jetta actually said like you know can i pat him afterwards and i was like you do anything you want he loves everybody and everything but he lives with a toddler yeah and you have rip's friends around and yeah you walk him and take him when you're picking up rip from daycare and he travels around and he's a very sociable dog this is the and this is the misconception people have got to get out of their heads about working dogs that they're savages because they're engaged in this type of work that unfortunately i don't know where that comes from i think it's just media hysteria and sensationalism that creates that and obviously there are people who don't have good control of their dogs and their yeah. dogs are dangerous however Sensible people and people that are doing it for all the right reasons, good trainers, good breeders who are breeding the right type of temperaments in dogs and trainers who are obviously spending good quality time training their dogs. This doesn't turn your dogs into brutes. It doesn't yeah. turn them into savages. Well, and, you know, because of where and how I live, stability is the key thing I need in a dog before anything else. Mm. Uh, I can't live with a uh, – I've had it and I, I won't do it again. Like yep. I, I can't live with – a thin, nerved, or dangerous, or unsocial, or unstable dog. I cannot do it. Yep. I have done in the past, and I won't do it again. And so he's he's great. I love him. It's testament to trainers, handlers, clubs, breeders, when you can have a dog that's got brutish qualities, but yet can be such a gentle family dog. And yeah. it's the same for me. I mean, in the scenario I am with, with Randy, I don't want Randy to be anything but a switched on dog. Yeah. I want him to I want him to socialize with people. I want him to he doesn't care about being in the proximity of other dogs or people or anything. He just wants to he's just like a a big child that wants to enjoy life. Mm. And that's exactly what I want from him as well. Because when it counts, he's there, he switches on. Yeah. And then he switches off and he's he's back where I need him to be. Yeah. And you know, the 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 sport has a hidden sleeve bite with gunfire over the top. It's not like they're like just prey monsters that can't. No, they're, they're legit dogs. Yeah, I understand. Mm. 
Anyway, yeah. So then Georgie had a crack at the one. I talked her into it. She, I thought she was going to beat me again. And then there's a minor part in it where that, that decoy throws its sleeve in front of the dog, which she just hasn't trained because she wasn't expecting to attempt it, to be talked into it by mm. me. And the dog almost bit the sleeve out of the, out of the air. But you'd expect that to happen. And the, what annoyed her, I know for sure, is that she knows how to fix that. She'll fix that in one session but she just hadn't trained it. So she'll do amazingly. The next trial, she'll get a one. I can almost guarantee that. Yeah, she's a nice girl. I really like Georgie. Yeah. yeah. And then Nev um, had another crack at the one. And just as you know, like it, it, trialing back-to-back days, it's unlikely ever to go better the next day. And, and it, it didn't for Nev. But same thing, we know exactly how and why, and we're going to work on that until the next one. He'll do, he'll do really well at that. Yeah, there's only a few things that Nev really needs to do with Tank. I mean, Tank's a sensational dog. He's got all the hallmarks to do it. We just need to, as a club, we all all need to work on things together in our prep work to improve that communication. Yeah. And that's all Neville needs to do. It's just, it's not a lot, actually. It's just a very few things, but it just needs to tighten up a little bit. Yeah, it's all of us just need to just change the way we we train with him just a little bit. Mm. It's not much. Unless we start doing that now, especially you and I, now that we've got the ones and we're moving into twos and threes. Threes are a fair way off, I acknowledge, because of the the <laughs> yeah. uh, level of it. But uh, especially into the twos, this is where that control and that focus really starts to count a lot yeah. more. But you've got to you, you do have to prep from that in your foundation work. It really needs to be developed in the dog, so the dog understands. Okay, I need to be listening to you here, and I need to be focusing more on what you're communicating to me right now. Yeah, for sure. So that's our big hubris wrap up of our own trial and how it all went. Mm. I guess there's one thing I just wanted to address and, you know, people, we have the decoy, there's, we did a decoy camp the week before on the Monday and Tuesday, mm. uh, we qualified another three decoys. Jazz thought that we were doing her a favor in teaching her to decoy when really we were just building someone to help us train our dogs, <laughs> um, but she did an amazing job. Congratulations. First female decoy in the country. And with a broken back. Yeah. She's got a similar back injury to me and, you know, good on her. She put in a, she put in an insane amount of work and- And look good too. Yeah. Not that there is a person who gets told, not that there's, you did the best on the course, but I think that she did very, very well. She did an amazing job. Uh, like I was watching her- catch and transport with a dog even the way that she was like pointing her elbow when she yeah. had the dog in the pocket i know some people won't know what that means but we'll put pictures up of it but when jazz was uh, transporting the dog back to the judge or sean who was the um running the decoy cert she would um point her elbow well so she could carry the dog and she would uh her, her footwork was all nice it was nice and synchronized she looked good she was stylish when she was doing it uh, and most importantly, her technique and skill were right up there. Yeah. 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 So she did a great job. And then, so we qualified another three decoys. So that means mm. there's six of us here in the country. And um, Cole from New yeah, Zealand. So Cole in New, New Zealand. I count him as being in Australia for He's some an reason. adopted Aussie. We yeah. always steal New Zealand's talent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he did really well. And Sam, Sam Cheeseman, he, he got through as well. So that's perfect. Um, yeah. We've got six decoys here, which means running another trial is going to be really easy. Because we need them. Yeah, we need them. Well, you know, in that... Level one, you use four decoys. So yeah, it's, the more the the higher you go in levels, the more decoys you need on the yeah, field because well, that's yeah. Now it's going to the fours and and sorry, in the twos you need four decoys for the protection. Yeah. So we've got it now, which is good. We can actually run trials. It's a lot easier. Mm. And you know, in a dream world, you don't. The problem is the sport and the the pool of people that we can draw from is small. All right, and people who know how to work a dog and can get through that decoy. So it's a small group of people. And even though they're spread all over the country and the, now the Tasman, we all get together to train. And so we do have an, uh, we do often use our trial decoys as training decoys. We, as I just said, 
I and Randy's main training decoy developed most of his bite work and I was at the courage test. And if we could bring in anyone else to do it, the dog would do exactly the same thing. He knows the picture. When we took him to Holsworthy when we're doing the course with Bart, location he's never been to before with dogs that have been running all over the field all day and he couldn't give a shit where yeah, he is and, exactly. and who's the decoy in front of him. It doesn't matter if it's a one of the guys from the army he's never met before or whatever, he, yeah. that dog will- He knows a picture. He knows the picture. I mean, for him, it's a sleeve is a sleeve and a leg is a leg and he doesn't yeah. care. And just to address something that, no, well, it's a big deal, but we're aware that the trial happens on the field here where we train. Mm. I would love for there to be a trial somewhere else, but someone else has to hold a fucking trial. Yeah. Like, and so get some more clubs going, help- Oh, you were referring to a comment that was... Yeah, that we, well, it got screenshotted and sent to me about six times about people that trialing on your own training field and using your own training decoys. Well, we don't have an option. And first of all, that is totally allowed within the rules of PSA. It's 100% allowed. That's um, basically claiming that the judge would be unethical as exactly. well. Which is... Exactly. I mean, Sean is probably one of the most ethical judges. Like, don't get me wrong, that guy is awesome. We've become great friends, but when he puts on his judge hat, that guy is straight up and down the line legit. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, you and him are the best of buddies. He will judge you on your merit, not on well, on how friendly you are with him. One of Sean's like closest friends, Ray, Sean failed him by half a point in his level three. Yep. And, you know, that speaks testaments to, and I know the guy was thankful to him for doing it. Yep. You know what I mean? Because so that- and it's important to note that. And I, he told me that story a while ago and I'm glad that I heard it because he passed me by half a point. So I know that I you passed. It. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and he explained to everyone, he told people where he stripped points off you. Yeah, he just yeah, said, exactly. you know, this unfortunately that wasn't good enough to get this and I'm taking these points off you for that and yeah. blah, blah, blah. He was very, very clear about it. That guy is, like I said, it doesn't matter how I feel about Sean personally. That guy is legit. Yeah. Janet and Sean, he was decoying for me last year when Randy wouldn't out and yeah. and Janet was the judge and they had to break the news to me. Sorry, mate. That's it. You're yeah, NQ'd. Right. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And, you know, I own a printer. If I wanted just a fancy certificate, <laughs> I could print one out myself. Yeah. You want, you want to earn it. And I feel like we did. I think we did a, a good job. And I would love to trial somewhere else, but I need someone else to hold a trial. Happy to. And like I said before, and I'm, and again, I'm not trying to make this as a justifiable excuse, but this is legit scenario that played out well there. We allowed females in full season to yeah. be training on that field prior to us doing the trial. Yeah, mock uh, trial before mock we did trial the real before trial. we did the trial. There were females so on that train. field training on the same field that we did training. I mean, I believe in what Esther Shock was talking about, where they utilise uh, reinforcement in a female in season yeah. rather than punish the dog or, or have the dog use it as pure distraction. And I mean, even you said at one stage, I'm going to teach Remy that he's got to walk over it. And when he does the right type of behavior, I'm going to let him go back to sniff it, which is exactly what Esther talks about itself. Yeah. Where other people will say, oh no, that's not fair. You can't have that type of thing. Yeah. It was I one mean, of the girls that works here, um, Amy, when her dog was in season, I was like, "Ooh, I was really excited. I was like, oh, bring her out, get her to pee here. I'm going to use that. And yeah. that was months and months and months ago. It was, and it paid dividends in- it's, on the weekend. I've got to be honest, I wasn't terribly excited about it because it could go either way for <laughs> you. And that did add anxiety to my already trial anxiety, uh, trial anxiety, I should say. But it didn't seem to phase the dogs all that much. No, because we prepped for it. We prepped for it. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, I guess the long and the short of it is we, we desperately, there's been a lot of interest now because, um, you know, we're talking about happening. it here and people have seen like it's really going ahead. The, the key thing of PSA is it's an awesome, it's a really fun game to mm. play 
and it's very fair. Everybody's welcome. There's minimum barriers to entry. You've got to have a dog and be able to walk around on the field yourself. That's it. There's no, no one's trying to find a reason to tell you you can't get involved in, in any way, shape or form. So there, lots of people have been contacting me. And, you know, if you're in Australia, you have my, I guess, as the assistant national director, you have my full support in getting a club going. And I just, don't think you could be any more supportive in trying to help people out. Yeah, well, I'm trying as best as I can because there's no point saying right now that you're the national champion in PSA, as you basically are, not that it's a national championship, but doing the best in the country. It's like saying you're the best on your street because mm. there's no one else competing. So we want more people. We want to, exactly. We want to create a bigger culture around this and mm. get more people involved. And so if you are interested, get in contact with me. It's, it's very easy to start a club. It's all done online through the States. You join PSA, the headquarters online. You, you only need three people to start a club. You don't need anything more than that. And then you, then the support gets opened up to you and I will do everything I can to help you get going. And the more clubs we get going, the, the better. And now there's, there's certified decoys as far as like Sunshine Coast where Zach is, couple here in Sydney. Canberra. Isn't he a sensational bloke? Oh, I love that guy. He's a legend. <laughs> he is just a, he is the happiest. He's a legend. He's just I mean the the guy doesn't have a negative outlook on anything. He's no. just he's got a smile on his face. He can't wait to help you. Through, yeah. He'll like our car broke down um, that we use for for training. We've got an old car that Mel and Dan donated to us, and we were having a lot of trouble with it. We finally got it all fixed up. Then it wouldn't run, and then Zach jumped in and goes, "Oh, I'll have a look at that," and he. Pops the hood, starts ripping things off and yeah. um, jumping under the car and getting all the WD-40. Long story short, he got it going got it for going. us. So he's, he's one of those dudes that can do anything as well. He just, yeah, he's amazing. He's, um, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Love you, Zach. Yeah, love you, Zach. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's decoys all over the place. There's people willing to help. You don't need a certified decoy in your club. Mm. We'll run more certifications in the future so you can you can get them, but you just need someone who can catch some bites. Even if you don't, you can component train all these things. Like I said, I was training jazz sort of all year and my dog couldn't do proper bite work because of his broken teeth, but I showed him all the pictures. You can show all of this stuff. It is possible to do to train without a decoy and then just for a few weeks beforehand, put it all together. It's all possible to do. Well, Georgie got a, a new adult dog that she's had three, four months ago. Three, four months, she's got to know, like, got to know that dog and yeah. started training with her and developed a relationship with her where she already smashed a PDC. Yeah, exactly. And the, the nice thing about it, as you said before, obviously we're sort of waxing the lyrical about PSA. Waxing the lyrical means that you're speaking enthusiastically about oh, something. That yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> so we're very much doing that because we are involved and invested in it. Not on a monetary side, but on a, I guess, without sounding like a hippie, a spiritual side of it. It's something that we love, something we enjoy, something that we- It's a have. passion project. It's a passion project. We have an excuse to come together. We have an excuse to catch up with friends and, and people that we enjoy being around. I guess what the point I'm trying to get to is it's not exclusive. No. It doesn't exclude people. It doesn't say you can't be in the club because your dog is not this or it's not pedigree or it's not this or that. Yeah. And I'm not, please believe me, I'm not- I'm not having a, a, a punt at other sports that have to follow those regulations. They are what they are. There's, they're steeped in history. That's what they are. But PSA doesn't have that same restriction, which is for us, it's fortunate. In saying that, in talking about other sports as well, we're always enthusiastic and supportive of all the other dog sports that are around. We want to see you grow. I've said that on this podcast before. I say it in person. I say it on social media. I'd love to see our fraternities grow and supporting each other and always speaking highly of each other. I know there's a lot of egos that exist in dogs in general. If we can remember that, I know, look, 
I'm, I'm going to be first to say there's not always going to be people that you like in dog sport that you get along well, but we still have to offer each other that support and fellowship, I guess I should say, to make it beneficial for everybody, gives yeah. everybody a future in it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is there's so few of us doing any sort of dog sport, especially with bite work in it, that yeah. we all have to support each other, you know, in every way that we possibly can. Absolutely. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, I want to go do the the mat, the Mondio aptitude test, mm. because it, it's just like a, it, like a social test. And I just want to get that tick in the box for Remy, just so that I, because I'm always telling people, no, he's social, but I want it like, okay, no, no, like I have, I've done a test to prove it. Mm. Um, and eventually I want to do a BH, but I've, it's there's you know it can contains components that I haven't trained because it's not in PSA with a front finish and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it. Um, yeah, that is pretty much it. And I just again thanks to everybody who supported. There's amazing people like Zach who travelled down. Like a lot of people came down. Jason and Beck and obviously Jay Zach who came down from up there. Oh, Jeddah on Jason. So travelled all the way down with Beck to to trial their dog. Organized a, a um, raffle. Yeah, huge raffle to help us offset the cost because, you know, we, we didn't charge really much for anything because Sean doesn't take any money from it. He, we just had to pay for him to come out. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to keep as many people involved as possible. But, you know, there's still a few thousand dollars in costs and Jason ran a raffle to help offset that, which is excellent, amazing of him. He traveled all the way down with Beck and they traveled to trial despite having not had the time to set personal circumstances, didn't allow them to prep the dog in the way that they would like to. They came all the way down to do it anyway, knowing mm. that it probably wasn't going to go as well as they would like it to, which it didn't. But they kept involved and did everything they could. So huge thank you to both of you guys for putting in the effort and having the balls. Beck for having the balls to get on the field and, and do it. Yeah, good um, on you, Beck. That was a mighty effort. Yeah, it and, really was. And, and the both of you for just supporting the whole the whole thing. Anyway. And always have been. Yeah, Right totally. from the get-go. 100%. Yeah. So that, trust me, it's appreciated. Very Big much time so. From a lot of people. And then finally- to Sean for cabling all the way out here. It, it was a terrible time for him. Like, you know, Janet opened a new business or opened a new location for their business while he was here. I'm sure that he would rather have been at home helping her with that. I'm sure as a family and business, it would have been much better for him to be there. He only gets a couple of weeks vacation a year from the police and he used it to come and, and train us and, and help us. So really, honestly, mate, we're really forever in your debt for that. And a super guy too, oh, just in every way. I mean, he's the guy is is incredibly fit, incredibly funny. Yeah. And I mean, and he's very, very dedicated and very professional in the way he can conduct himself. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that can be hysterically funny and just like, you know, one of your family, yeah. when he gets on that field and and switches into work mode, yeah. he is like a, a drill sergeant. When we dropped him at the airport this morning, Rip was devastated. Rip was saying he was his best friend and it was, it was he's devastated. He loved him. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, I think he's, cool. he's, he's got awesome a, He's got a big fan base in Australia. Yeah. And he's fucking good at what he does. Like Very exceptionally good. good. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's us finished talking about PSA for a little while. We'll have back to our regularly scheduled programming and talking about, I don't know, teaching something about dogs or something next time. Actually, I, mean, I think uh, we've got Josh Moran on the show very soon because oh, they're cool. coming out here to do a seminar at Pet Resorts awesome. in August, first week of August. So we're going to talk to Josh, hopefully Forrest at some stage as well, because mm -hmm. both, they're both coming to do a seminar together, which is going to be fantastic to have two A-listers in the same place at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. So we're both, we're really looking forward to it. Forrest hasn't been out here for a while. He had a bit of a break from it, just to rest and recharge a little bit, which we all need. Totally understand that. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic to see him again. He's like an adopted son in Australia as yeah. is Josh. So yeah, yeah really cool. 
And I'd like to get someone else in here live for once in a while. So if there's someone local who wants to come on, if you think there's someone we should be talking to, let us know. You don't um, think we've been doing enough live shows lately? Well, no, we do too many Skypes because Josh and Forrest will both be Skype, right? Yeah, they are Skypes, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so much Skypes. easier when someone's in here. It is. And let's get some Aussies and on. And the sounds sound good as well. Yeah, let's get some Aussies on. Mm. So hit us up. All right, that's it for another episode of the Canon Paradigm. As always, if you like what you're hearing, like, share, download, subscribe from whatever service you download us from. Tell a friend. And if you want to get in contact with us, the best way to do that is on Facebook. We are the Canine Paradigm. Glenn, music, please. <laughs>